This book review is going to be uh, the book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. <clears throat> Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And I thought this was a phenomenal book. I had it for a little while. Um, well, not too long, but um, I had purchased it, but I didn't grab it right away. And I thought I knew what was going to be in the book, but it's, it's such a pleasure when you actually read a book that you think you know what's in there and then you hear yeah you knew some of what was in there but there was a lot more to it and it gives you such a great understanding so uh, I thought it was a, a fantastic book um, want to do a little book review of it today or just an overview I'll say not a re- review um, so it starts off again the book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek and it starts off talking about you know why and why why is important <laughs> but uh, it even goes into his purpose for writing the book and it's more of a tool of inspiration to inspire people and I thought this was a really good point because he gave the, the, the difference between inspiring people versus motivating people and I, the, it's, it's, for the most part, I think it's blurred lines where people think about it. Motivation and inspiration is kind of the same thing. But he broke it down really good. And he said that motivation is easy because it's tied to some kind of external act like an incentive or a punishment. And oftentimes, you know, that's, that's what um, people look to do. They look to motivate someone else. Whether it's someone on a job, or it's a boss, or it's a manager, or a salesperson, or even just, um, you know, on a personal scale as well to look to motivate. So there's an incentive, you know, um, there's a sale. That's an incentive. You know, limited time offer. That's an incentive. That's motivation. All right? Or some kind of a punishment, like, all right, do this, otherwise you're going to have to pay extra. Do this, otherwise you're going to have to stay later. Do this, or, you know, there's some kind of a penalty. That's all motivation. And he says motivation is easy. However, great leaders, not just leaders, because leaders, you know, most leaders and people look to motivate. But great leaders inspire and I took this to heart. I, I, I really liked how he made the difference. Great leaders inspire. When you aspire, you're giving people a sense of purpose or belonging. You're making them feel that they're part of something even bigger than themselves at times. And once they're inspired, they're not easily swayed. They don't act because... They have to, or because there's some, uh, they have to do it quickly because there's such an incentive that's going on right now. Or they don't act because of fear of punishment, but they act because they want to. So that's the difference between motivation and inspiration. He goes on to say that to be long lasting, we for ourselves have to know the why <clears throat> instead of just the what. Or the how. So if somebody asks you, you know, do you know your purpose? 
then most people start off and say what they do. Well, I am a doctor. That's a what? I'm a dentist. That's a what? I'm a graphic designer. That's a what? Or even the how. But we have to know the why. You know, the how, an example of the how is, let's go with the same thing with the doctor. Um, I give people medicine to make them feel better. I give people herbs to make them feel better. That's my purpose. That's all the what and that's all how. But to really have longevity, we have to understand the why. Why do we actually do these things? And he's talking about it from a personal level. In this book, I'm saying Simon, uh, the author Simon Sinek, he talks about it from a personal level as well as a business level. So even businesses have to know <clears throat> the why. Knowing the why allows you to adapt. And it's the reason why companies like Apple are so successful. Now, he used a lot of different companies throughout his book. Apple is one that he kind of used uh, consistently throughout. And I was just say he spent the most time talking about Apple. And he says because they knew their why. It wasn't the what. You know, it wasn't that they were computers or even the how through technology. But he gave their why, and I'm not going to say it exactly as he said it, because I don't remember where word I write it down. But the why was more along the lines of um, pushing the boundaries of social limitations. What's commonly accepted as a limitation. So Apple's why is because they want to push the boundaries of what's commonly accepted. And because they knew that why, and I'm, I'm kind of going ahead, but just, just off of that and understanding that why. Because they knew that, that why, they were able to, to transform, or, or not transform, but to place that into several different areas. So not just in the computer realm, right? Not just in the computer realm. They did it with the iPod. They took Walkmans and pushed the realms of what's capable. And each time they even come out with a new version, they pushed the, the limitations of what's there. They made the iPod smaller, faster, yet better. They pushed the limitations. They saw a limitation and their why kept them to push it to get to the next level. So it wasn't so much, so much the what or even the how, but it was the why that kept Apple so successful and continues to be successful. Even with, you know, the iTunes and how music was uh, transformed because of, you know, digital music platform, they really stretched the limitations in whatever area they decided to touch it. And whatever what category they went into or ever how method they stretched the limitations so now he gave a little bit of background of even scientifically or, or biologically how this is how this works and he talks about the portions of the brain 
And there's a neocortex portion of the brain, <clears throat> which is the logical part. And it associates with the what? The neocortex portion of the brain. However, there's another portion of the brain called the limbic portion, which is the emotional part. And this is associated with the why. Because when we think about the why, what is the emotion that we're feeling, why we're actually doing this thing, why we're selling this product, why we're uh, looking to convince people to buy this thing, why we want to go to this, why we want to make this decision, it's more of an emotional. So the limbic portion is the emotional part. And the why in, is the predominant part used when people are making decisions. All right? So as a leader... What you're constantly looking to do is to um, inspire people to make decisions to go along maybe in the same direction that you're going or uh, to follow after whatever you're looking to, to do, to accomplish. But it's really that limbic portion of the brain that they use. And that is associated with the why and understanding what the why is. So why, he put it very simply, why is simply what you believe it is your belief what do you believe that is your why that is the why if I believe that people will be better or well, let's go like with the example with Apple Apple believes that people will be better or, or people shouldn't have to uh, live within the limitations that society gives them, and it'll make for um, better living, better quality of living. That's a belief, and that's the why they create the iPod, the iPhone, the Apple TV, the iTunes. So why is simply what you believe. Or, or a belief. So when you're considering for yourself, you have to really um, dig down and, and figure out what is it that you really believe. You know, I can give an example for myself in business. Honor You Memorial Products. The what we do, we do printing. The, the what is the funeral programs. The how is through printing. But really the why, if I look at it just as isolated, is because I believe that we can help people that are suffering from the death of a loved one by the products that we create. I can We can help people to... Remember to cherish the memories of their loved ones and in, in, in a way make their suffering, make their pain that much easier by creating these beautiful, uh, we, we actually have a tagline, creating memories of a lifetime. So by creating memories of a lifetime of a loved one, we believe we can help these people that are suffering from the death of their loved one. All right, so now going back to the book, and another point he brought up was about authenticity. Because remember, we're talking about why is a belief. 
So authenticity, being authentic, is when your actions line up with your beliefs. So this is how we as individuals, we as a group, we as a company, or as a business, as companies or businesses, have to make sure that we're being authentic. Authentic. If we know our why, we know what we believe, once we you know, consider it, then make sure our actions are in line with our beliefs. And it sounds simple, but it, it's where a lot of people and a lot of businesses, given a lot of examples, have failed to do that. Where they had, you know, at one point, a good why, but then over time, they did actions that didn't quite line up with what they really believe, what their why is, just for the sake of maybe making more sales or getting some new customers. And it took them off course from their why. And you'll see many businesses that did that, and he shares a lot of them in here. They suffer tremendously. Some suffer to the point where they're no longer in business. Big businesses, too. So we have to be authentic. That's on a business level, on a personal level as well, too. Be authentic. Make sure your actions are lining up with your beliefs. When we are inspired, the decisions we make have more to do with who we are. So now we're kind of taking it from the, the um, buyer's side as opposed to the seller where we're being inspired. Let's say as a, as a, as a customer of Apple. We make decisions because our belief system matches up with Apple's belief system. So who we are, we feel that there shouldn't be the limitations. We can always push the boundaries. There's not, um, you know, society might want to put a cap on things, but Apple's uh, why, it creates a, a synergy with our why. And that's why we become purchasers of Apple. And there was another point, I don't even know if I have it on this um, as my notes, but it was just something I thought was really interesting as well too. There's no difference between an Apple employee and an Apple buyer or Apple purchaser. There really is no difference because we're both drawn to them because we share the same belief system. We share the same why. And that's what is um, attracts us to Apple. The employee as well as the purchaser. We become, quote-unquote, die-hard Apple loyalists, I would say. And to even go with that with the book, it says, Loyalty exists in the brain of the buyer, not the seller. So as a buyer, as a purchaser, I would say... You know, okay, I'm loyal to Apple because of the belief system. Now, I'm not saying this just for Apple. Obviously, I'm saying it for my own business I'm thinking about. I'm saying it for you in your personal life and wanting to have um, have a, a way that you can inspire others to just even understand how this all works. But we start with why. Being able to effectively um, determine what is our why, what is that core belief, and then also to uh, share that with the world share that with others because then when you have people that are of the same 
uh, why, the same beliefs, those are your loyal customers. Those are your loyal friends. Those are your loyal uh, companions when you share the same why. So we have to be able to express the why and let other people know the why. And many times I've done this myself. I'm guilty. I've seen it many times. Businesses have done this well. We always start off with the what. What we do. What we print programs. What we design. Um, you know, we have professional designers. It's how that can customize your programs. But we really need to focus and share the why because these are the customers that we want. These are the business relations that we want, even with other, um, other firms. All right. Um, he gave a suggestion here as well, and I've, I've definitely put this into practice, that we have to regularly meet with those who may be working in the business to remind them of why we exist as a business. Not just what we do and make sure they dot in the T's, I mean, uh, dot in the I's and crossing the T's, but make sure that they understand why. And he gave more examples about businesses that weren't, were able to relay that to their uh, staff, their employees, their associates, or what have you. And then after a while, they, it changed, and then the business suffered from that. Or those that were never able to, and they just started out as a, as a what company, and this is what we do, um, and they definitely were not as successful as companies that have a why that you can uh, let that be the, even though I would say like the bloodline that runs throughout your business. So I have to regularly meet with associates to remind them why we exist as a business. What I've done for myself is I've been sending out little messages to the entire organization, reminding them of the why in different ways. He even gave an example about a business that he gave incentives, but strategically. Remember, incentives are that motivating part, which works. And we're not denying that incentives don't work. It's just not a long-lasting uh, longevity. You can motivate people. You can get them through incentives. You can get them through fear to do something. However, they, they're not doing it out of um, wanting to They're doing it out of feeling that they have to They got to operate Do this quickly Or there's going to be some kind of a penalty So he says You can use incentives with your staff In, in a business But use them strategic. I say even in your family But use them strategically Always reinforcing the why Because the why is what's of the crucial importance A clear sense of why Sets high standards and expectations. This is why I said earlier that we want to make sure that the why is expressed to everyone that's working there, as well as clients, business associates. That clear sense of a why sets high standards and expectations. It's not just the what. It's not just we got to push this out the door. We got to push this out the door. But the why sets a high standard and a high expectation. As far as businesses, he spoke about some examples where, you know, they may get an influencer, someone out there and that's an influencer. However, make sure the influencer is also someone that influences in alignment with your why. Kind of like the authenticity we said before. You know, you don't, we don't want to get somebody 
just because they're an influencer because they their why not might not be in alignment with our why or their belief system might not uh, directly correlate with what our belief system is so get influencers and customers that believe what you believe that believe your why the customers that we get as well too they're going to be the most loyal customers if you get customers that also believe your why now this other part here is more of a diagram he calls it the golden circle where there's a small circle in the middle with a why then there's a little bit larger circle around that says how and then there's a so the small circles in the large circle and then both those circles are in a, another circle and it has that's the what and it's called the golden circle the why how and what so why again is a belief the how is the actions we take to realize the belief and then the what is the results of those actions so again why is a belief how are the actions we take to realize the belief and then what is the results of those actions and it's at the what level that the company speaks to the world so the what is your direct relation to the rest of the world they see your what they buy your what but it's because of your why so the driving um, force behind it is the why but they're seeing your what and that's how you relate to the world that's what they're that's what they're purchasing the what another point he says is to use your why to filter through any potential what so and I'm uh, I'm using this a lot in business because definitely it's, it's good for business but if you can also just correlate it or uh, relate it to you know in personal personal life as well but there can be a lot of different what's that a business can offer but we need to use our why to filter out the what's that we should be speaking to the world with in business it's like you can offer so many different quote unquote uh, products or merchandise but not everything is going to relate to your why so this is almost like that authenticity we talked about before but make sure the what's that you're offering the what's that you're doing filter it out by make sure it is in alignment with your why you know there's there's been times that people have offered even in our business you know we can sell products through this we can you know we can we can add an additional product line and in this case i would i should use my why to determine is this really something that i should get involved with that's going to really benefit me that's going to keep me on the path to fulfilling that why it goes on to say if why and what are out of balance then a person will not feel fulfillment if the why and the what is out of balance and this is what he did actually talk more on a, on a personal level someone can be a doctor but if the what they're doing is out of balance with their why then they will never feel fulfillment so consider that for yourself if you're feeling fulfilled maybe it's because you have a lot of what's that are 
outside of your why. And it's time to take a step back and really figure out what is the why behind you or inside of you. So if why and what are out of balance, then a person will not feel fulfillment. And then he added this point too. He says, even if they are making a lot of money. Now I know that's... Um, <laughs> might be uh, challenging to consider that, but even if someone is successful and making a lot of money, yet it's not fulfilling their why, or it's not in line with their why, then they will not feel fulfillment in life. Now, this part here is also in line with this as well too, but it's something that we have to uh, be mindful of, of one of the challenges to why, and that challenge to why is actually success. Success can cause why to get fuzzy. When we start to experience some success, then sometimes we, we can lose as a business, as an individual, I'm, think, I'm speaking on both sides, we can lose the, the why as the forefront of, of, of behind our hows and our what's, we lose that and we focus on the what's just because of the success. And we look to add on this. We look to do this. We look to uh, do this as well just because we've had success. So we have to be mindful even as we start to be successful, more successful in life after you get in this um, teaching or this, you know, <clears throat> run through of this book. As you start to experience success, always keep that why before you keep drilling back in that why and even as a business you know make sure it's getting transferred to the staff transferred to the um, associates so that they follow through with that why one example he gave as a business which I thought was really really good was uh, Starbucks and Starbucks initially it was a place to go into, uh, which I'm not a coffee drinker myself, but I just knew how Starbucks was. This place you can go to, you can have coffee, you can have Danish or, or donut or whatever, muffins, some kind of pastry. You can sit down, you can get on your computer. And it was like a relaxing workplace environment that was like, it was like home at work. So people were going to Starbucks, not just to grab something to go, but they were going there to get comfortable. It was like their home where they was able to do work. And that was part of the why they were doing it, to, because they believed that you can have a comfortable space while working, and they can create a space where people can come together and do work, be productive, and that was their why. And at that point, they actually had ceramic plates and they had ceramic uh, cups, so they were real glass, and, and that's what they actually served in. However, this is what he said happened to Starbucks, in an effort to, as they were successful, because we all knew Starbucks was successful, they was popping up all over the place. As they were successful, you know, different people came in, and as a cost-saving measure, they said, oh, instead of ceramic, why don't we just get paper cups and, you know, paper plates? And he put it really funny. He said, nothing says to the customers, okay, you can purchase this, now get up and leave than the ceramic, I mean, the switch from ceramic to paper. You know, now you have something that's disposable 
you didn't have that home feeling anymore. It was more of, okay, buy this product and be on your way. So I, I think that was a, a, a really good point, and I'm looking even my business to make sure that I don't do that. Make sure we continue to stick through with our why. So he gives, um, he gives a name to the, one of the tests we call, he calls the celery test. And the celery test is, is the what and the how I do things consistent with my why? Celery test is the what and how I do things consistent with my why. So after reading all this or, you know, or listening to all this and you, you're like, okay, I want to find my why. I want to determine what my why is. I want to take some time to uh, establish, <clears throat> to, to, to find out what my why is. And he makes an important point here as well. He says, finding your why it's not a process of projecting forward. So even as I was just saying, and I kind of used one word, I said establishing your why. No, it's not, a, it's not a process of projecting forward and saying, okay, from this point forward, my why is going to be such and such. But this point forward, you know, this is what I'm going to um, establish as my why. But it's more of a process of looking and reflecting back. Because if you take time right now, or after you finish listening to this, to look back and consider some of the actions that you did before that were, that were fulfilling to you. Even going back into childhood, I did that for myself, going back to childhood, and what things were important to me during childhood, because that's, that's a hint as to what your why was even from then. And look throughout, you know, as you, you know, go through the years, reflecting, looking, reflecting back. He goes on to say that it's a process of discovery not invention. So we're not inventing our whys from this point forward. We're actually discovering what is our why. What is that core belief? And once we discover this core belief, this why that we have, then it allows us to go forth in the how. It allows us to go forth in the what. It allows us to go forth in the success that we can experience in life. The author gave, Simon Sinek gave his example of his why speech, you know, even this, this talk about uh, why, and he, he did it on TED Talk and so forth, and he was saying that he gave away, he, he went through how he came up with this whole concept of the why, but he gave away the speech for free. He was just sharing it with people for free. Now he gets paid for giving the same speech, but with many more opportunities. So when your why is clear, at first, you might start out giving it away because it's still a why. But then you'll see that it develops into something that can generate great success for you. He gave some more stories about um, towards the, um, coming towards the close of the book. But he gave a story about a runner who had cerebral palsy. He was running in a marathon in a race. And <clears throat> he had, to, he had a, um, a disability. He was running in a race. And, you know, the, the gun goes off and they run the race, but, you know, the others don't have this disability, so they get through the race a lot quicker. 
than he does. However, he's still running. He's still pushing. He's still persevering. Because he knew his why he was running. His why wasn't so he could be the fastest. His why wasn't to beat um, the runner A, runner B, or runner C. His why wasn't for that. His why was he was running for himself. And I thought this was an important point as well too. When you compete against others, nobody else will help you. But when you compete against yourself, everyone will help you. And this is how this, this, this runner that he gave the story was. As he, as he turned the corner and he was coming towards the end of the race, the other runners were cheering him on and people standing on the side were cheering him on because they knew he wasn't racing against them. He was racing to be a better version of himself. To, he was competing not against others, but he was competing against himself. And he ended the book that every day we should look to be a better version of ourselves. Look to be a better version of ourselves. And this last point here, which I thought was, you know, I, I took it to heart. Don't look to be in competition with others. Don't look to pitch yourself, even as a business, as an individual, however you want to look at it. Don't pitch yourself against others. Just put yourself against your yesterday. Another training that we've gone through as well, too, is it's... Um, it's about progress, practice, practicing, practicing, practicing. It's not to make perfect, but it's about progress, to be better than we were before. That again is the book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek.